Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Well, my name is Sean Wadiemi. Most people know me as Sean, but I prefer Sean, if you can pronounce that. <laughs> but this month, they're hit with a bigger tax bill than they anticipated. Or maybe there's a medical bill, or maybe there's something else that's come up, and they really need the money for that. So let's talk about the different money habits for a second. And when she did the cards, it came out that planning was a very strong habitude for her. Just because you're planning focused doesn't necessarily mean that it's always a good thing. The educator said to the husband, you may need to give up your best fishing boat in order to pay off some of your bills and not have that expense. And he looked at the educator and he looked at his wife and he said, she goes before my boat goes. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Dollar Savvy Podcast. And here's your host, Sean Adeyemi, President and Senior Financial Planner at SA Capital Advisors. This is the Dollar Savvy Show. Thank you once again for joining us. I am your host, Sean Adeyemi. Over the next two episodes, we are going to be listening to an interview that I had with Sybil Solomon, where we discuss the psychology behind everyone's relationship with money. Now, Sibyl Solomon is the founder of Money Habitudes, a quick, fun, and effective tool that helps people discover their money personality. Everyone has a money personality. That is a habitude, which is a combination of your habits and attitudes. These are the automatic responses and reactions and motives behind the everyday money decisions we make. These decisions affect our relationships, particularly with our spouse, and can either enhance or negatively affect our marriages. The key is understanding what your money habitude is and that of your spouse so you can better navigate each of your personalities. On today's episode, you learn why we make irrational decisions even though we know better and the different money habitudes and how they relate with each other and then the disadvantages and disadvantages of the different money habitudes and how they can sometimes be misunderstood. I'm not going to give it all away, but here is the first part of my interview with Sybil Solomon. Hi, Sybil. Thank you very much for joining us today on the Dollar Savvy Show. Hi, Sean. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, we've been talking for a while now. I ran into some of your content probably a few months back, and I found it really refreshing. It's a, it's a, it opens the the conversations on 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 money and making conversations easy. Uh, before we go into that, though, Sibyl, can you tell uh, for our audience who who does who don't know who Sibyl Solomon is? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi. Um- <clears throat> I'd be happy to talk a little bit about me. Uh, My background is very different in that I've had a few different careers. Uh, The first one was working with families with young children who had special needs. Um, I also do executive coaching. And about 16, 17 years ago, I became really interested 
in money and not so much money in terms of dollars and cents, but the relationship people have with money and the psychology of money. And actually one of the, the people who got me really interested was a woman who worked for me. And I was telling her a story that a bankruptcy educator told me that a husband and wife came in to declare bankruptcy. And as a result, uh, the husband said, uh, the, sorry, the bankruptcy educator said to the husband, you may need to give up your bass fishing boat in order to um, pay off some of your bills and not have that expense. And he looked at the educator and he looked at his wife and he said, she goes before my boat goes. So I told that story to the woman who worked for me and she didn't say anything and she didn't laugh. And a couple of hours later, she came in and she said, you know, my husband is a bass fisherman. And I said, yes, that's why I told you the story. And she said, I'm $15,000 in credit card debt. And he doesn't mm. know it. And when he finds out, he's probably going to divorce me. And oh, I was boy. so shocked. Because right? she lives mm -hmm. me. She's a hard worker. And then the story went on from there that her husband had left his job. And he, not that he had left it, the job left, it, the, where he had worked had closed down. Mm -hmm. And she wanted people to still see him in a positive light. So she continued spending on the family. She continued tithing at the same level. She continued life as if everything was still okay to preserve his image and put all their food and the children's clothing and everything for school on credit cards. And I mm. was shocked. It got me interested in starting to research why can't people talk about money and how, do, how does this happen? You know, it's not that people are just frivolous. So that started me on this whole new way of looking at money, understanding money and working with people. So I've been doing that now for about 15 years. Wow, that's really interesting. I've I've gone through your website. You have so much material. Uh, so um, tell us a little bit about money habitudes and um, what what money habitudes is. Okay, so money habitudes is it does two things. One is it makes it easy to talk about money because what we know is money is the most difficult topic to talk about ever. And yes. even much more difficult than talking about sex and other things. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted something that was going to make it fun and easy as opposed to difficult. And I wanted something that would help people understand what motivated what they did. Because I bet every listener that hears this knows that they shouldn't spend more than they have that they all know mm -hmm. that they should be saving for um, everyday needs, that they should be investing and saving for the future. All of your listeners know that. And mm -hmm. yet we all do things that are stupid. And I wanted to know, why do we do things that are stupid when we know better? Uh, so I wanted something that was fun and easy. And when I started doing the research, what I found was that there were five, and then I added a sixth, major patterns of our habits and attitudes about money. And our attitudes are those automatic messages in the back of our head. We don't even realize that they're there. 
But as soon as we get mm-hmm. money, we automatically think about doing certain things with it. And our habits are, what do we actually do? So I developed it as a card game so that it was familiar. It was easy to use. Um, there was nothing threatening about it. And right. out of that card game, uh, people started using it as couples, as individuals. Uh, and it just grew. And now we also have an online version that uh, people are using as well. And it still gets that conversation going. Although I think for a couple, it's really nice to use the cards because it's so, um, you know, it's fun to play with cards. <laughs> right. It's, it's, uh, I've been playing it. One of the things I, I've, I've loved so much about it is that not only does it, uh, give you an insight into your money mind and how you naturally respond to money or what the things you want to do. It tells you about, you know, how others potentially perceive you, how others, what are the advantages and disadvantages of each habit too. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So one of my favorites is that you have somebody who is very careful with their money and they, they always make sure that they save. They're really careful that if they're buying a new refrigerator, they make sure that they get the best deal and the best value and the best cost. Mm-hmm. And their wife or their husband and their children and the people who know them, they all think that person's cheap. And <laughs> often, let's say it's the husband that is doing that. And the wife is like, wait a minute, we have enough money. Why can't we get a free a refrigerator that has um, the automatic ice maker? You know, yes, it costs more money, but it's really convenient. And the husband's mm-hmm. like, no, we don't need that, right? So what happens is the person, the husband is seeing himself as very practical and pragmatic. He's got his family's future in mind. If they don't spend that extra $75, then he'll be able to save it and use it for something else. Um, and the wife is like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> we can afford it. Can I just enjoy life for a minute? <laughs> yeah. um, and that same person might find it, they may have the belief that um, you want your children to be really responsible. So they may say, you know, I'm not paying for your college. If you want to go to college or if you want to buy a car, you have to earn it on your own. And part of that is they really want their child to be really responsible. And the other mm-hmm. part may be hard for them to, to you know, use up their money that way. Um, and their child may say, God, my parent is so cheap they have money they have all of this money they you know we live in this really nice house they go out to eat you know they drive a really nice car but they're being really cheap with me right they're not going to help me pay for college and the wife may let's say again it's the wife the wife may say i would really like our children to be able to go to college and graduate without any debt when they're there i want them to take advantage of everything college life has to offer I don't want them to have to work, right? Mm. So they're arguing about money. The wife seeing the husband is really cheap. The husband sees the wife as, you're raising kids who aren't going to be responsible (laughs) for all of our money, right? So there's this big misunderstanding um, between the two of them, and they see themselves differently. And then sometimes you have a person who they, they hear that there's a new play in town, 
or that there's um, a, a new telephone or something that, that they want. And they really see the benefits of it. And it's like, yes, I want it. I'm going to do this. And they, mm-hmm. they want to do that click automatically and, and get whatever it is that they want. And the spouse thinks that they're being irresponsible, that they're not thinking things through. And yet, mm-hmm. when you look at it, they're actually balancing each other because let's say it's the wife that wants to do some of these fun things or respond mm-hmm. more spontaneously. It's bringing balance because otherwise there'd be no fun in that marriage. It would be, That's right. you know, it'd be boring, right? Um, so There's an advantage to have... Yeah, if they may be seen as irresponsible, they're fun. So let's talk about the different, the different money habitudes for a second, um, and we want to talk see how those different habitudes relate when it comes to couples for a second. So let's take one of them. Uh, let's take planning or whichever one you 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 want to start with. Let's let's go through them and, and talk a little bit about those. Okay, so if we want to look at how the same habitude um, may be seen in the most positive light and in the most negative light, right? So let's say um, a couple both have planning. So their habitude is as soon as they get any money, maybe it's their tax return, um, mm-hmm. maybe it's a bonus, maybe it's a gift, right? But as soon as they get money, both of them in their head will think, oh, you know, there's something that I've had in my on my mind that I want to get paid off or that I want to buy. Right? So let's say one of them is thinking, let's pay off the mortgage or let's make an extra payment on the mortgage or let's get the credit card paid mm-hmm. off. Right? So it's very practical. And the other one, their plan is to have a, um, a great big party and it's their parents' birthday, and they're looking to do a big party for their parent. And their idea, their plan is, well, let's take those few thousand dollars and have this great party for our parents' birthday, right? So they both have a plan, but one of them plan is maybe seen as more practical. The other one's plan may be seen as maybe less practical, but automatically they both have a plan that they're going to do. Mm-hmm. On one hand, the good part about planning is that you do have a plan and you think about the future and you think about what you want to do with money. On the other hand, some people that are good at planning, once they get, once they have a plan, they can't get off of it, even if it's not working. So maybe their plan is they're going to put extra money in their mortgage payment every month. But this month, they're hit with a bigger tax bill than they anticipated. Or maybe there's a medical bill, or maybe there's something else that's come up, and they really need the money for that. But they won't deviate from their plan. They're still going to do that, and maybe they'll put this stuff on a credit card, or they'll say, no, no, we just can't take care of this other thing. So two Mm -hmm. people who have planning may be doing a great job planning, and on the other hand, they may also get stuck um, if they do too much planning. One of the one of the things I even noticed about the planning, I was working with a client yesterday, actually, and um, sometimes planning is intentional. Sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I've been thinking about something in my mind and I've been I've been 
looking at that car I really want to get. Um, once I have a little bit more, a little, a little money, I go get that car, regardless of whether or not it's a good idea. Even mm -hmm. though that's not a, a an intentional plan because it's been on your mind or because it's something you've, you've kept your eyes on. Uh, just like you said, because just because you're planning focused doesn't necessarily mean that it's always a good thing. Right. right? Because your plan may actually be throwing you off course. Yeah. You know, one of the interesting things about planning is what you just said is some people do it when when planning is a strong habitude for you. You do it so automatically, you're not even aware that you're doing it. You're just reacting. And mm -hmm. I had one person um, years ago who wanted to buy a house and she already had a house, but she wanted a house that just she could live in because she had subdivided her other house and had rented out rented it out as apartments. And when she did the cards, it came out that planning was a very strong habitude for her. And she was like, no, that's not right. You know, like I should be spontaneous and carefree. I, I'm not planning. And then when we started talking about it, it turned out that she was a planner and she did a great job of looking at her money and like renting out these apartments and paying off her mortgage with it. But because mm -hmm. people had told her growing up that she just never thought things through. And that was the message in the back of her head. She never realized how good she was at planning and at saving. She just did it all so automatically. And when she realized that she really wasn't a crazy person um, and looked at herself, she went out and bought this other house that actually turned out it was a fabulous investment in a great location that was going to appreciate and meet all of her needs. And she was able to keep her other house and continue to rent out the apartments. Um, wow. So for some people, when they do the cards or the online version, they're actually surprised to see that these strengths are there because they were so mm -hmm. automatic. They didn't realize they had them. That's true. And it's, it, Knowing where, knowing knowing what your money mind is, uh, it helps you. It gives you a starting point of okay, what are the strengths I have? How can I continue to improve on that? And what are the potential pitfalls for this money habitude? And what are the things I need to watch out for? Because it's almost innate that we react to yes. the circumstances around us. Uh, okay, we can talk about giving. There were there's there's six of them. Can you can you go through? Um, there's planning. There's giving. Um, and security and carefree and spontaneous. Let me talk about status a little bit because I think that one is often misunderstood, right? So a lot of times when we think about status, we think about somebody who's very superficial and just out to um, impress people in a bad way. Mm -hmm. But in fact, what status means is that you want to make a good impression. For some people, that means fitting in. For some people, that means really standing out. So there was um, there was a couple who came to me, and we did the Money Habitudes cards, and both of them came out with status as their strongest habitude. And they went, oh, that, that no. can't be right, right? Um, <laughs> and I have to tell you, they had been to a financial planner, they had a great financial plan. They hadn't done anything on it, been sitting there now for over a year, right? So they looked at this and the husband says, oh, 
you know, this can't be right. I live, a, we live a very modest life. We live in a modest neighborhood in a modest house. You know, we don't drive any kind of flashy cars. We keep our cars a long time. And I said, who do you spend some money on that you really care that they like it or like you? And the husband said, well, um, my parents, uh, they live, they live in Canada. I live in the States. I don't get to see them very often. I feel really guilty that I can't be there. My mom was sick and I couldn't get up there very much. So whenever there's holidays or birthdays, I always want to make sure <coughs> that I get them really nice things or, you know, I help them out as, as much mm -hmm. as I can. And he said, it's not that I really enjoy giving. I just don't want anybody to think I'm cheap. <laughs> he was being generous out of guilt and out of this feeling of, I don't want people to think I'm cheap. Mm -hmm. He wanted to fit in. He wanted his parents to still, you know, see him as responsible and loving mm -hmm. and a part of their mm -hmm. family, even if he wasn't there. So then his wife says, do you know, when it comes to the holidays, they had two children that were preschool and in school. She said, the other parents will like send a plate of brownies or they'll have their child make a little mug or something for the teacher. Mm -hmm. And we give them $50 gift certificates. And for each child. For each teacher. Each teacher, okay. Each teacher. So um and I said, well tell me more about that. And she said, well, I want them to love my children. I want them to think well of us. I don't want them to uh, that, you know, we're not there. So we want to be generous with them, right? But neither one of them had realized the reason that they couldn't follow through on their financial plan and that they were leaking money all the time was in this gift giving. And it wasn't that they couldn't still be generous, but they just needed to rethink it, right? So mm -hmm. then we had another young guy he was in his mid-30s. He also got status, and he had lost his job. But every time he went out with his friends, he would buy their cigarettes, and he would pay for gas in their car. And uh. his wife was like, ah, why are you doing this? And what he realized is that when he was a teenager, he wanted to hang out with these guys. He still lived in the same place. So he was a little younger, and in order to be accepted, he would pay for their gas and he'd buy them cigarettes. And now mm. it's 20 years later. He's, he's still doing it. <laughs> um, and he went, why am I doing this? This is really stupid. But he didn't realize it, that he was still trying to make a good impression because he wanted to fit in, you know, with those people. Right. So, so let's, let's talk about the opposite, right? On status mm -hmm. <clears throat> where people want to stand out. Right. So those are the people that often sometimes you might think they're superficial if they go too far. So let's say that the church is having a fundraiser. Right. And if you give a hundred dollars, your name gets put on one list and published. But if you give a thousand dollars, they're going to put your name on a plaque on the wall. Right? So maybe they were going to give ninety nine dollars, but they make sure that they give a hundred to get their name public, right? And if they can afford it, 
instead of giving 500, they'll give a thousand because they want their name on the wall. So that's, that's good for the church and that's okay mm -hmm. for the person, you know, if they could afford it. Um, right. People that when they go out to eat, they have to pay for everybody because they want to show, you know, like I'm the good guy, you know, mm -hmm. I can afford this. Um, and they want to create an impression that they have more money perhaps than, than they do. So that's status where you either want to fit in or stand out. Um, and status is good because you do want to present your way yourself to make a positive impression, mm -hmm. but you know, you don't want to overdo it in one way or the other. Correct. And so, so, so from, from what I'm hearing here is that sometimes status, like you, you mentioned this two situations where they're both being generous, but they're not being generous because they're naturally generous people. They're being generous because of the way they're perceived. And so in this situation, status is their big money, money habitude in which they naturally just uh, lean towards in terms of how they use their money. Right. So one of the things I'm, I'm now curious is when it comes to couples and this money habitudes meshing together or clashing, how does one go about like if you if my spouse is a is a status oriented and and, and I'm planning oriented, um, and because of that we keep knocking heads. How do we work through that? You mentioned a few things you're working on with regards to that. Can you can you speak a little more about that? So one of the interesting things is everybody has the impression from all the research and all the articles that you read that money is the number one cause of conflict in marriage. And I 100% disagree with that because when people are arguing about money, they are never, ever arguing about money. They're arguing about their values and what money means to them and all the messages that they have related related to money. So when, you, when two people do it, a lot of times people think, oh, it would be great if we're exactly the same, right? So mm -hmm. you get two people who are so carefree and literally, I know, oh, <laughs> yes, they didn't argue about money. Money was never an issue for them. But after they had been married like 25 years, they were still taking money from her mother who was elderly and had some health issues, but had money. They were still taking money from her to help when the roof needed to be repaired and to pay for their child's ah. And whenever they ran short, they would just ask her for money, right? So they, were, they weren't fighting about money, um, but that's probably not a very good plan to just keep mm -hmm. taking money from other people, not very responsible, right? And then you might have two people who um, are very careful with their money and they save, but they won't ever enjoy their money, right? So mm. just because people look alike, um, in terms of their money habitudes, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's not some things that they want to talk about and see if they're going too far in one extreme or the other. But what's more common is that people will have opposite money habitudes. So you'll have a um, spontaneous person or a carefree person, and they're married to a security person or somebody who's a planner. And typically when that happens, people will see the conflict and they will start looking at the other person in a more negative light, right? Mm -hmm. you're, 
you're irresponsible. And often one of the things that happens as a result of that is they start keeping secrets. That's a really bad thing in a marriage. Really bad thing. Yep. So the person who's more of a security or planner person may start putting money in an account so that their spouse doesn't know about it. And the Mm -hmm. spontaneous carefree person may start hiding money, hiding expenses. So rather than paying for something by a check or paying with a credit card where their spouse can see it, they, they hide money and they pay in cash. Um, so those kinds of secrets, are, they're just not mm-hmm. good. So when people are very different from each other and they see the negative, the nice thing about money habitudes is when you look at the cards or you look at your outcomes on the online version and they're very different, you start seeing that they actually balance each other and they come each other. together, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't realize that, then the more one person goes in one direction, the more the other one is going to go in the other in direction. The other direction. Um, can I tell you a story about a couple that I thought was a really interesting one with this? Please go ahead. Please okay. do. So um, I was speaking at a conference and then six months later I was speaking at another conference and this woman comes up to me and she said, you know, I saw you six months ago and I took those cards home and I did them with my husband and we've been married 20 years. And I have to tell you, I am tired of taking care of all of our um, our expenses and paying all the bills and making all the decisions. He never offered to do anything. And when, and she said, I saw him as like carefree. He just didn't care about anything, right? Mm-hmm. She said, when he did the cards, he came up with all these planning cards. And she said, if you care about planning, how come, how come? you haven't offered to help with anything? You never make any suggestions. And he said, you know, I always thought that taking care of the bills and making the money decisions was kind of your thing. I never wanted you to feel like I was looking over your shoulder. I never wanted you to feel like I didn't trust you. So I just stayed back and I do trust Mm. you. And you know what the wife said? I realized I didn't trust him with the money. I didn't know that he cared about planning and I, I didn't trust him that he would pay the bills on time or that he would make good decisions. So after they had that conversation, she gave him some of the responsibilities to do and said, it's amazing. He followed through with everything and we haven't even had any kind of stress about money since we Mm -hmm. did six months ago. Right. So her perception was that her husband was very different um, than in fact he was. So it started a great conversation. I think it's one of those areas in marriage where we make assumptions about the other spouse and begin to make judgments and um, see them in a negative light. And we we sort of, we ignore our own money habitudes and only see the strengths of our own personality or mindset on money and only see the negative on the spouse. And by making those assumptions, create even deeper wedges between uh, between each other when it comes to couples. So. Understanding that, just I mean, just looking at thinking about your story here, it's it by just by having that conversation and opening those communication lines to to this is who I am and this is how and this is why I thought um, oh I, I made these decisions. It's because of this, this, this. It's it's an inter- interesting thought. 
So that was part one of my interview with Sybil Solomon. Stay tuned in for the next episode to listen to the rest of our conversation. If you've enjoyed this interview, please rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Coming up next is Couples Corner with Aki and Nicole. This is The Dollar Savvy Show. This podcast is sponsored by GM Travels and Tours. Now, if you feel money is tight and the idea of traveling with your family is out of reach, GAM Travels and Tours can help. Serving over 100 plus families to date, GAM Travels and Tours specialize in making travel affordable for you. With destinations in Canada to the US and international, your next planned trip could be days away. One of the things I like about GAM Travels is assuming you're, you're planning to travel next year, sometimes it's hard to figure out where the cash for that will come from. Well, GM Travels has the perfect plan to help you make that vacation possible. Use the dollar savvy code TRAVELDSP. Email GAMTravelsandTours at gmail.com. That's G-A-M-T-R-A-V-E-L-S-A-N-D-T-O-U-R-S at gmail.com and plan your next family vacation today. GAM Travels and Tours. Travel affordably. So this is Couples Corner on the Dollar Savvy Show. We have Aki and Nicole joining us today. Aki and Nicole, thank you very much for your time here. I definitely appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having us. So for our audience who's listening, uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves. How long you've been married? Do you have kids? How old they are? Uh, well, um, my name is Akin, uh, Akin Busari. Um, I'm a singer, songwriter, and entrepreneur. Um, um, here's my wife, Nicole. Uh, we've been married for 14 uh, years now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have four children, um, 13, 12, Eight and five, uh, three uh, boys and one girl. So wow, one that's girl. a busy house. <laughs> yeah, it is. Very, uh, Very busy. Yeah. Yeah. I know um, what that's like. Yeah. yeah. As for me, um, I trained as a psychology major at York University. Um, graduated, got into um, doing therapy with children with autism. I did that for many years and then um, branched out into a cake decorating business. Um, I did home daycare for a bit. Like, so I've been into different things. And now I um, uh, work for a great organization. It's a not-for-profit organization called CAP. And I'm a debt center manager with them now. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. York alumni. Yeah. <laughs> I went to York too, so yeah. I didn't. Why you? <laughs> we actually yeah. met at York. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. Oh wow, that's awesome, man. That's really awesome. So tell me a little about yourselves in terms of. I, I'll start with. I'll start with Nicole. How would you describe yourself in terms of handling money? We all tend to have different personalities. What would you say, Nicole? Your personality is. Um, I'm more, I guess, emotional or necessity driven when it comes to money. So in terms of um, budgeting and organizing finances, that's always something that I have to, that's a struggle and something that I have to intentionally do. 
Um, uh-huh. Putting things in place for me to discipline myself with money because if not, I just go like, well, I think we need this or this would be great to have for dinner today or, you know. So in terms of organizing money, that's not my strength, but it is something that um, I have to be very intentional and disciplined to do. Naturally, I'm a more, um, not impulsive, but more emotionally driven when I'm purchasing uh-huh. Like if you feel you need something, you just go get it and you kind of figure out if the money works later. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. figure it out. <laughs> I can't, what about you? Uh, me, for me, I'll say I'm a bit, I'm, a, I'm more uh, prudent in terms of like, you know, and more organized in terms of like money. Um, but at the same time, like I, I love to invest a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I can overdo that sometimes. So I look out for opportunities. Mm-hmm. Every time I see something that, you know, that is interesting or um, anything that I know that I can basically make money from, I basically just throw money at it. So mm-hmm. when it comes to like investing, like I'm all for that. Like I'll, I'll not spend on myself or buy like material things or things that, you know, that like I feel yeah. that have no value. But if I see anything that has value, like then my budget goes out of the window. Like I will right. forget my budget and just go for it, you know. So yeah. That's so me. you're you're on opposite ends of the spectrum then. Yeah. You Nicole just wants to, hey, it looks good. I feel like getting it, let's get it. Yeah. I can yeah. is kind of like, well, I want to invest, uh, so we gotta save our money a bit more. So how has that been? For you guys, in terms of merging those two worldviews together, how have you been able to deal with the personality difference? I think for, at the beginning, it was a lot of arguing because I'd be like, oh, well, I don't think you should do this because like, and then the anxiety was set in because I'm thinking of just your basic needs versus um, your long-term, your long-term, long-term needs. Term. So kind mm-hmm. of like, a, yeah, so I think at first it caused a lot of conflict but i think as time has progressed and me um gaining more knowledge in the importance of building something from brick to brick to brick versus just you know i'll be cool with the cement you know what i mean um, i think i think once i realized that building and having the cement and the bricks together and you know doing one thing at a time and then you build a house from that I think right. now that I've seen that and I've seen how Akeen's adventurous nature in, in investment has really brought so much um, progress and success to uh-huh. our lives that now I'm kind of on board. So now I mostly like do all the questioning. So I'll have 101 questions and then he'll answer all the <laughs> to answer those questions. But, um, you know, yeah. I, for me, I just think working together is the yeah. way to go. Working together is a way to go. Um, can you hold on for a second? One second. So basically, working together is the is a way to go. Um, you know, coming together and you know, um, having a plan and reviewing that plan together. Um, yeah, it helps, right? So one of the things we we've been talking about, and it's a it's a great thing you guys are coming on, is yeah. the fact that marriage is meant to make you a better version of yourself. Exactly. And so what I'm seeing here between you and Nicole is Nicole is more of the short term, uh, 
short term, okay, this is what we need and this is what we need for our life. And actually, you're more of a long term. And both are good because sometimes you can be so long term focused and you're struggling today when you have the assets that you really shouldn't struggle. And sometimes you can be so short term focused that all you you look back and you spent all your money. So from from what it sounds like is it's your marriage has grown both of you to be able to see the two sides of the coin. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. What would you say was, has been your biggest challenge uh, when it comes to money? Uh, I mean, cause I I believe every couple has these fights and Mm -hmm. has this pain points. What has been your biggest struggle in the last 14 years and what did you guys do to overcome it? How did you guys get through Mm -hmm. it? I'll uh, say, um, first and foremost, like working together, like I mentioned earlier, but other than that is uh, then trusting other people. Um, you know, um, earlier on in our marriage, we just like literally just trust people. What do you tell us? If they say, oh, invest in this. Um, we've had people, you know, sell us like really bad plans, mm. uh, bad investments. Um, they say, you know, just put your money in this, you know, it's profitable. Um, and then you end up losing and paying out of your own pocket, right? Right. So, right. Um, just bad advice, like just trusting people with our finances without doing our own uh, research. And um, uh, you know, but now I think it's something that we uh, we do a lot. Like if anyone is selling us anything, like a plan or anything like that, we take our time and you know we review, we do our own research, the mm-hmm. due, due diligence, right? just yeah. to make sure. That were good. So yeah, for my end, I guess those mm-hmm. are just some things that come to mind. Do you have anything? Yeah, to and add? I think even out of that came really good relationships where we're now connected with more people who um, are very diligent with their finances and who are progressive with their finances. So I think out of us learning mm-hmm. that you have to do all the research, that you have to really um, find good people that you can trust to advise you. We right. were able to find good advisors who and good who really um, help us sharpen up on those uh, financial skills. And, and also having yeah. a budget too, right? That it's too. something yeah, that we exactly. didn't... Oh yeah, um, the budget was... <laughs> I mean, because uh, um, you know, earlier on, I was reckless in the, se- in the sense of I wanted the best for the family, yeah. but I was thinking long-term mm-hmm. and I will put all mm-hmm. our resources into investments. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas she will pull out her... She will worry about like today and say, you know, exactly. we only live yeah. once. We only have this life to live. Let's enjoy Let's make the best out of it today. And she mm-hmm. want to spend all the money on things, you know, like food and, you know, stuff like that. And, and well, you, you know, know so, funny? Yeah. I think because at the beginning, when we first got together, um, that was all we had because we were like just scraping. So right. that, and I think now we've been able to, and then also even with Akeem's background, he was able to show me what it's like to have investments because that is something that I never grew up with I never saw so coming from my background I was used to the whole like yeah let's struggle and we're gonna hustle it out and we'll scrape by you know what I mean uh-huh. um, but with Akeen he was used to both worlds so he my, showed my me into, right. Right? so, yeah. so he kind of showed me like my dad was an entrepreneur too but it wasn't the same on the same scale of okay I'm an entrepreneur but I have all these other investments that are also bringing in income so I think Akeen was able to kind of to open up my vision to uh-huh. other types of ways that you can use your money to make money for you and stuff like that. And how, and that long-term vision, like you were mentioning as 
well. Just to, um, yeah, just to recap. So I think at the beginning mm-hmm. it was a struggle moving from having to struggle to eat and to, you know, live and survive or whatever. And right. being able to upgrade yourself to a place where like now I don't have to do that. So I don't have to be so afraid that tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow or what, what are we going to do for money or, you know, I can be mm-hmm. more free now and, and actually expand my portfolio. So it's being open-minded has really helped you. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Both ways, yeah. even for me, yeah. To, yeah. to see what is important yeah. at, at the moment, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the first point, like working together, mm-hmm. finding that common ground, yeah. um, trusting, trusting trust. others, yeah. um, uh, watching out for bad advice mm-hmm. and uh, people that are just out to get you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because uh, there are lots of people out there, like just out to get you. Mm-hmm. We real estate deals, we like, um, you know, we, the, people have talked us into different kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so, yeah. I definitely I understand that. Yeah. Even in my industry, mm-hmm. there are a lot of um, people, uh, advisors who are not really working in the best interest of their clients. Um, yeah. I think I can. I would probably know a few people, which <laughs> yeah. I won't. I won't mention names that come from a few companies that all they want to do is just sell your kinds of products. Exactly. Uh, but you having those. Um, doing your due diligence and learning um, about investing and how money works has definitely helped you guys in terms of mm-hmm. staying on track and, and being united in whatever you're pursuing. Exactly. What advice would you give those who might be struggling? There are couples who are struggling to find mm-hmm. that unity. And mm-hmm. this is what this podcast is about is really helping couples find the unity to move forward when it comes to their finances. What advice would you give? I'll start with you. I can uh, first, uh, I'll say, um, you know, remember why you started, why you're together in the first place. Uh, that helped us over the years. You know, when we have like heated arguments and we're like, you know, down, and we basically go back to the drawing boards. Like, okay, why did we even get together in the first place? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you basically you, you you remind yourself why you. Uh, you fell in love in the first place while you're together, and basically you hold each other's um, hands and you know you go you go at it, right? Um, and the second thing I'll say is uh, always review your budget uh, based on how frequent uh, frequently you get money. Um, you have to review your budget every single time. Uh, know what you're spending, what you're spending on, um, what you're gonna going to have left. Um, yeah, so review your budget. Uh, the third thing that I'll say is, you know, you have to control your expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't buy more than you can chew, right? Um, you know, and because I know, it's, you know, most, you know, most people, like young couples, what they do is they try to impress other people. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, like, um, you know, they, they buy more than, more than they can chew. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and they buy things that they don't really need to show up for people that they don't really like. It's like, you know, you're buying like Mercedes Benz, you're buying nice cars, you're buying Jordan shoes, you're, you know, you're trying to impress people, but that you don't really like, but you're just trying to live up to, you know, to a certain standard, maybe your family members, or you're trying to impress them, but just know that you don't really have to do that. Um, you can live a simple life, um, as long as you're, you're, you you have uh, enough resources and you have your own plans, man, you can't compare yourself with other people. So that's something you have to keep in mind. Also, look, um, 
look for opportunities um, for growth, right? Because uh, one thing we discovered too over the years is value. Value makes the difference. Yeah. Right. Value, value makes the difference. Uh, you know, you can have, I think Jim Rohn was the one that said that, you can have more than you have by becoming more than you are. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, value makes a difference, man. Look, like for me, I remember that when I started, um, the first uh, job that I got in Canada wasn't really a good kind of job. It was like working in the warehouse. It's just to make ends meet. See what I mean? Just, just to, to yeah. help, basically. But, um, you know, over the years I retrained, I went to school, I got certified, in, you know, I listened out for opportunities, you know what I mean? So, you know, and um, I, I'm in a position now that I'm any like, you know, over six figures, you know what I mean? But that is as a result of me retraining them, you know, uh, getting more value because it's value that we exchange for, right, right. Uh, for money. So, um, and also lastly, I'll say take chances, um, you know, take chances, man. Uh, go out there, explore. Uh, life is too short, right? So, yeah, that's it. Nicole? Yeah, I think for me, the number one um, advice that I would give is keep your vertical relationship, meaning your relationship between um, you guys and God, very open. Uh. Keep that vertical relationship very open because, um, you know, in prayer and stuff like that, meditation, you're going to be able to surrender whatever it is that is causing that conflict to God and God now being your source of life, of health, of everything will be able to center you and bring you guys back to remember where you, when, why you started, how you started, where you're coming from and, and then you'll be able to be more thankful, more appreciative and then forgive and mend the relationship with, between you and your uh, partner. And then keep your horizontal relationships very tight. So don't be too open to tell everyone what you guys are doing. Don't yeah, be open to hear too much advice because sometimes the advice you get might not be the greatest advice and, and, or coming from the right place. Uh-huh. Um, you need to keep your, the, this dual relationship really, really tight. And I think that's something that we've learned to make sure that 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 your vertical relationship is very open, your communication with God. If there's anxiety there, if there's arguments, pray about it and leave it with God to help you guys solve that. And then don't be too uh, willing to hear too much from the outside world, because I might want to do something and then somebody will tell Akeen, oh, why would you be you know, listening to her, she doesn't know what she's talking about, or vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. And then once again, that will cause more conflict. So keeping that horizontal relationship very tight and close-knit is also very important. Making sure that your relationship is founded on you guys and God and not on other people's opinions and stuff like right. that. The next one is um, to analyze uh, the what's driving you. Analyze what's driving the conflict. If it's fear, then that's something that you now need to address. Because sometimes we react, we argue with each other about things, but the truth is there's an emotion behind that argument that if you dealt with that emotion, maybe it's a bad experience from the past that makes you afraid of um, doing certain things or afraid of agreeing with your partner to go certain places and make certain financial decisions. 
And if that is what's blocking you, then that's something you need to deal with so that you can move forward in making proper decisions based on facts like Akina is saying. What is our budget? How is our finances? Are we able to afford to do this or that, you know? And then you get past the emotion stuff and the baggage and get into making real clear decisions, once again, with your vertical relationship and then the tight horizontal relationship. Wow. Before we wrap up, I know you guys just started your own show, so I'd like to give you a shout out. So tell us a little bit about your show. Uh, so if anyone wants to tune in and listen to it, um, they can get information. I'll also put it in my show notes. Okay, perfect. Uh, well, the Busaris uh, we're on um, YouTube right now. We have a Facebook page. Uh, and, you know, basically our goal is just to inspire, uplift, um, and encourage other people as well with our personal life uh, stories. Um, we want to cover like different topics from like finances to like marriage, uh, to relationships parenting. and parenting and, you know, uh, even spiritual growth like yeah. um, and so on. So those are the, the things that we want to like basically cover and just share our own mm -hmm. personal life experiences and hopefully we can uh, help one or two people. So yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah, I'll be sure to leave the link for your show on, you. on, on our show notes page. Aki and Nicole, it's been such a pleasure um, chatting with you guys. This has been Couples Corner on Dollar Savvy. Real stories, real people, real struggles, real hope. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Dollar Savvy podcast. You can find us at sacapital.ca slash podcast. And you can reach us at 1-888-365-8883, extension 377. Or send us an email at podcast at sacapital.ca. You've been listening to the Dollar Savvy Podcast. I'm your host, Show Adeyemi. Thank you. Madden and Mitchell Media.